Hey, Sean, is that yeah, you? Doing this evening. That's I'm doing me. Fantastic. It's me. Good. Um, good. Uh, good. By the way, I, I did a little bit of re- I did a little bit of research on our last podcast. By the way. Uh oh. What does that you mean? You know what the result of, the result of that research is that you were the only person in America that <laughs> voted yes to the Matrix and no to Spider Man. <laughs> So you are you are unique in that way. I stand alone with my valid, passionate yes. opinions. You yes. cannot on thwart your, me. You cannot on your mountaintop with your megaphone. You're there going, no, 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 no. Don't go see Spider Man that has a 98 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and has made like I think uh, 68 billion dollars at this point. But no, go, oh, go you see. You know. People can suck it, right? That's what it is. I, I mean, a kid in a skin tight suit doing impossible things with teenaged angst. Like, yeah, okay. okay. Anyway, all right. So, and the more you push, the more I'm not going to like it. You realize that? That's right. She's she's doing just it to yourself, dig, man. Dig the foxhole deeper. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> doing it to dig, yourself. Dig the foxhole deeper. Oh, anyway. So yeah, that. Anyway. Uh, so Janet holds that distinction on our uh, illustrious podcast, which is should I watch that? Welcome again to another episode. Boy, we got lots of stuff to review today. Exciting, exciting stuff. Different. Uh, some TV shows. We got some movies. Um, we got we got a backlog of a lot of stuff. So I'm 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 kind of excited because I don't think we we're going to review five things, and I don't know if we've ever gone five before on a regular. I don't know if we, I mean. Can Crazy. we handle five? I don't know. Buckle in, strap in. Buckle. But as always, <laughs> you guys can uh, you guys can reach us at uh, should I watch that two one at gmail We got a Twitter which is uh, should I watch th two uh, one uh, in Twitter, and on the Facebook page, uh, engage, email, let mm-hmm. us know what you think about what we reviewed. If there's anything you want us to review, top ten list of anything you might want to see. Love to hear from you. Always. So our, our millions, millions, millions of listeners. I know millions. you have things to say. Joe Rogan has nothing. So bring on it. Us. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan calls us for advice. Of <laughs> I had a missed call from him earlier today. I wasn't I, sure what it was about. You know, but, you know. He, he keeps calling. He keeps calling. I, I know. Calling. But when you're busy, like we are. Joe, calm down. You know, we'll Calm get down. to you when we get to you. That's what will happen, you know? <laughs> we'll have our people call your people and exactly. go from there. So we are going to review so. three TV shows um, today. Uh, two on Netflix. Is that right? One on, one on Amazon? Yes, yes, that is correct. Two on Netflix, one on Amazon, and a couple, and a couple of movies. Um, again, um, Netflix has been a, a, mix, a mixed bag for us. They've uh, some good, some bad. It's it's not fifty fifty yet. They haven't they haven't flipped the scale yet mm-hmm. to fifty fifty. It's mostly <laughs> been bad, but still, you never know. You never know. And so that's what we're going to review first. Uh, the first thing we're going to review is uh, Netflix, and um, we're going to review something called Clickbait, which was which actually was recommended to me by somebody clickbait. that I work with. Um, which I wish it was passionately recommended to me by, by someone at work. So I went in there watching sorry, it what? and being, being the skeptic that I am, 
you know, when anybody passionately uh-huh. recommends something, I'm always, af- I'm always afraid, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not going to be quite as good, but anyway, so uh, it's, it's a, it's a series that has a, a bit of a, the setup of it is I, I really, I knew the basic concept of uh, mm-hmm. just from watching the trailer once, uh, which was, it tells the story of someone that's been abducted, uh, a teacher that's been a, or mm-hmm. it was a teacher, a physical therapist, physical uh, physical therapist, therapist yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's been abducted. Um, and, they are online on like a YouTube type thing, uh, holding up a sign saying that they're an awful human being that has done awful things. And as soon as this gets, what was it? 2 million views or some oh. reaches some number of views. Yeah. I think gonna, once they get to 5 million views, they were going to kill him. Views. They mm-hmm. were going to kill him. And, um, so the show explores, uh, police investigating that case, members of their family, uh, what, how maybe he got to be in that position, but it sort of unwinds this mystery of uh, how he got to be there. But sort of the unique take on it is every episode uh, tells the story. It continues the story. I shouldn't, cause I kind of thought it, what they were going to do was it was going to be like uh, one day and it was going to be sort of a, a reset every single day. And they, they were going to tell the perspective from one of the family members or one of the people involved in mm-hmm. the case, whether it's a cop or a, the sister or the mother or the brother or the son or whatever. Um, but I thought they were going to reset the day sort of groundhog day style, but no, what they did is actually continued the story on from the perspective of one of them. And each, each episode has an episode like the sister or the wife or the son or the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they unwind the tale and you, and you figure out some stuff and it's kind of twisty and it's kind of turny. So I don't know. How did you think, what did you think of the structure of it and how they laid out the story? So I did like that. I, I thought yeah. it was, it, if something is unique, can it be a little unique or a lot unique? Um, <laughs> it was unique in the way, <laughs> like it is or it isn't. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but, <laughs> but it, it was unique the way they laid it out because they jumped right into the plot. Like they didn't waste oh, any yeah. time, which I really oh, yeah. appreciated. And then, so you don't really know what to expect at first because the first episode is the sister. But then, you know, other people know things or they're, you're, it's always hinting at other things going on in other people's lives, but you don't know maybe what's going on until you get to the episode specific to them. Right. <clears throat> so I, I kind yeah. of like that. I felt like some of it was slow, but if you're going to do one episode, focused on a character like you may have to draw it out a little bit or come up yeah, with something a, a little, little bit more take interesting a little time. Mm-hmm. take a little time yeah so it does take I, I mean i felt like it took its time but not to the point where i totally lost interest right right i didn't either um and they and they and they, and they, and they usually ended off ended up each episode with an, enough of a little yeah you, know, you don't call it a cliffhanger but a little bit of a <gasps> you know, a revel mm-hmm. or a reveal of search that, that kind of pulled you into yes. the next episode. So they did, they did a good job yes. of ending each chapter to make you want to go on to the next. And how, how many episodes now, was it? Like oh, eight, 10 or eight? It was eight, like eight, I think. Okay. But I think what we more urgently need to talk about when it comes to this series, <laughs> is it somebody, would is it somebody's hair and makeup. <laughs> yes, it is. 
<laughs> we need to talk about the sister. Her name, her character's name is yes. Pia. We need yes. to talk about her hair and her attitude. Okay. Yes. Let, let, let's build up. Let's start with her attitude. I, I, I mean, she did a fine job. I just got tired of her just like being pissed off and stomping around all the time. General you know, bitchiness. Like, yeah. She was always like, that's not fair. I don't like this. I'm going to do this. You can't stop. And I'm just like, Meh. anyway, mm-hmm. I, that was a little irritating to me. Um, but it's her personality, whatever, blah, blah. Right. Um, but her hair. And yes. have I always had a great hairstyle? Have I always had a great do? No. We all have we had the good. 80s. I, I, yes. Have we had oh, wait, good times and bad times? Janet, Janet wasn't born in the 80s. Oh, you're right. I wasn't born until like the mid 90s. Um, That's right. But, <laughs> but her hair, oh, the bangs, like this, the, the bob. The fact yeah. that she needed a really hellacious conditioner to deal with some of what she had going on. Yeah, clothes were kind it, it of like up. Her little, yes, her out, her clothes. I don't know. Her whole thing she had going on was a little bit like, bring it, you know. I don't know. Really was getting on my nerves there toward the end. Yeah, because they, they tried to set her up as being, you know, she's the focus of, I think, the first episode. And they they sort of set her up as being sort of a semi-self-destructive, you know, uh, 30-year-old, as you know, or late 20, 30-year-old as adolescent who, you know, not really have her life together kind of thing. And, you know, is the one that always caused the incident at the, uh, the one that causes the incident at the... Uh, the family get togethers and such. Yes. And, um, and so her, you know, that caught So that introduces conflict into the family and stuff, but, but I don't know if they do enough in that first episode because they really have sort of like a two and a half, three minute montage to establish her as sort of like this self-destructive character. And then they uh-huh. don't really do anything with it the rest of the episode. Um, so she doesn't, come across as someone that's all that lost. She just, to me, she just came across as somebody that was bitchy, you know? Yeah. And, and wasn't, well, wasn't really trying to do, I mean, she was trying to do stuff to help her brother, but I mean, she undermined it a lot more than she helped sometimes, I think, but, but I, maybe that's the point. I don't know. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. point they were trying to make with her character. Well, and she was constantly, I don't know, like having never been in a situation like that where I'm in the police station on a regular basis. Um, yeah. can, can you just force your way into investigations like that? I, I don't know. She, it seemed like there was a whole lot of that. Like, again, like, well, I'm special and you can't stop me. And yeah, yeah, did, my hair and I are coming through. So you better back off. So did, did you think they try to introduce too many characters? Or did you um, think it was ba- it was balanced enough? I think it was balanced enough. Um, I think you know it, it gave it gave me a couple of suspects. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it and, it, it, it sort of had a clue game going on in my head too. Like, okay, well, yeah, you know, yeah. And now I can say, how rarely am I surprised? I was surprised at who the bad guy was at the I end. I was too. I was, I was not too. expecting now, that. The, the, only, the only thing I'd say about the characters is 
I thought trying to shoehorn in the personal life of the detective was a little bit of a sidetrack that maybe didn't need to be made, but I, but, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to, you know, it it was in the point of they're trying to flesh out uh, maybe a relationship between, you know, Pia and this guy. So, uh, maybe that's the reason that they felt like they had to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they had, uh, uh, it, it was a good sort of tennis match back and forth because they really did a good job of making you think one thing at the beginning of the episode or the beginning of the series, mm-hmm. but then you get about halfway through and you're like, wait a minute now, you know, and you yeah. you really have it set in your mind that somebody's a scumbag and then like, well, hang on, maybe. Always not what it seems. Or the is only, it? Uh, exactly. I... Without, because since it's relatively new, we weren't going to give anything away. But I didn't. The ending, the yeah. last episode, seemed really rando to me. Yes, I, I think maybe that's why it surprised me. Yeah, because and, of where the character fit into the big picture. Right. And they did a really good job of like bouncing around the suspects and bouncing around the motive. Mm -hmm. And then they got to the end and you're like, it's (laughs) one, it seemed like it was one too many bounces with the ping pong ball. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't feel earned really. To me, I, I don't know if that's a word I'm looking for. Like, I, I won't say they jumped the shark. They jumped like a dolphin. Yeah, um, but I had sort of a, I had sort of a grumpy look on my face when I was watching the last episode because I was like, mm-hmm. "You're gonna." It's really? kind of out of the blue. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's out of the blue. It's and, out of the um, blue. Um, is it bad? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Is it bad? Uh, is it is it is it believable? Do you think the do you think it's believable? Um, yes, okay. to some extent, yes. All right. Yes. So I mean, because I've I've stewed on that last episode for a while, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. but it's not. But, I, but I the, mean, it, it's extreme. Yeah, but it's. I think it could happen. Yeah. Just, you know, statistics of, of, of a dot point, you know, what do we call it? A plot dot point or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. all the groupings over here that it's like, bing. There you <laughs> right. go. This, it, it's, it seems, it seems like an outlier um, based on what we know, but, and, 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 and plus, I don't know if they, because they had so much to wrap up in the last episode. I don't, I don't think they gave enough Wait, it, of the rationale or the reason. It's a quick wrap up. Yeah. yeah. It's a very quick wrap up. But um but wouldn't have wanted it to go on any farther either. Yeah, right. I was, right. I was is, ready. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, I will give I will give them credit. There's not a whole lot of of, of wasted time really. Uh yeah. it it does sort of um one thing I kept saying was you know, when he reaches 5 million hits or whatever, it's like, and his family member kept looking at it. I was like, why do you keep pulling it up? I I know. I know. I noticed that too. Stop pulling it up. Like they keep checking and I'm like, maybe it's your fault. They got to 
five million because she kept looking at it, idiot. Anyway, so you know, and it, and it, you yeah, know, and, it, and there's sort of a, a side eye thing in it about uh, the fascination with sort of, I guess morbid things on the internet or something once something mm-hmm. like this gets out you know they're i guess they're trying to say some sort of a message about our you know addiction to social media or something like that i'm that maybe that's another message it's trying to say but well i the other thing i see is the the disconnect from people right right so you know if you assume what you were seeing was real and the things that people were commenting and the fact that people were sharing it and wanted other people to see it, it it's it, we're, we're all disconnected. We forget right. that when we're on social media or something and we say something really mean that there's a person out there receiving that. You know, yeah, and it's not on just words it. on a screen. Yeah. So I, I think maybe there was a little bit of that, too. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, once it got on the news, it's like every time they looked, it was like it went up by a hundred thousand or something like that. Oh, see, I would have loved to to see that on the news. And uh, a little footnote to our story is the family is personally responsible for you know four (laughs) hundred thousand of those views. So anyway, but anyway, uh, so I mean, I'm 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 ready to call this one. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty good i think so i'm gonna ask you first so janet netflix series clickbait eight episodes twisty turny whodunit you know social media commentary should i watch that i'm gonna give it a light yes okay um i'm gonna give it like a zero calorie no fat yes (laughs) um it, it it did kind of surprise me. So that, that was the yes. Is it something I've never seen before that was really intriguing? So, so, um, you know, if, if, if you're curious, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I don't know that I would be passionate about sharing it with the world to watch, Mm -hmm. but would you, would you want to see another, another show done? Not necessarily those characters, but in the same sort of format. Yes, I, I think I, I think I would actually like that. Um, I, I'd probably say more yes to the format than I would maybe the show itself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But there's that. There's that. So a light yes from Janet. I don't like it. Okay. All right, Sean. Clickbait. Yeah. 2021 Netflix. Should I watch that? Yeah. Uh, it, since it's, I think eight episodes and not 10, if it were 10 mm-hmm. episodes, it might be a no. Um, but since it's eight episodes, it it's pretty tight in its storytelling. Um, maybe one or two mini characters, ancillary characters that they kind of went into that you wouldn't need to go into. Yeah. But, um, uh, but you know, it, it kept me interested and there, and there was, you know, when I did watch it, um, it wasn't like I watched an episode and then I was like, okay, well I'll just come back tomorrow and keep going. I mean, there were uh-huh. a couple, there were a couple times I was like, okay, I want to see the next one because I want to see what you know, see what happens. So yeah. they chain the episodes together pretty well, um, to make it interesting. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weekend watch. It's a three day weekend watch, maybe, uh, depending on how hardcore you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, as you know, as, but a, as we said, the ending isn't 
the ending isn't bad. It just, it, it almost seems like it doesn't fit. I don't yeah. know. It's almost like if you were presented this as fiction in like some sort of creative writing class or something, and you said, okay, here's the first seven episodes. Now, how should we end it? And it's like, you know, people turned in their submissions and, and you picked the one that was, you know, graded C minus. Mm-hmm. And you said, all right, yeah. we'll, go we'll, we'll go with this one. Um, but no, uh, it's, uh, I've seen a heck of a lot worse on Netflix. Um, oh, yes. yes the format was, format was pretty cool the way that they did it. Um, I like the way that they did it. So, yeah. I don't give it a watch. Sure. So that's uh that's a that's a yes for me. So past her hair. With, well <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something when I saw her. I was like, Janet's gonna anyway, say something about it. Let it go. Hair. Let it go. She's gonna say something about it. <laughs> so yeah. Um so we're gonna continuing on. We're gonna stay on Netflix. Um mm-hmm. on a on a show that I don't think I would have watched if, unless Janet would have told me about it. Honestly, <laughs> I, maybe I would have, I don't know because I am a fan of, of, of the star of the show. Um, mm-hmm. and that's Murderville, um, that recently dropped on Netflix. Uh, and man, I, I did not know the format of this TV show until I watched the first episode. Right. I, I real I really didn't know what it was. It's, it's got, uh, the main star is, is Will Arnett who, um, and, and people may scoff at this, but I, I know Will Arnett or I love Will Arnett because he's Lego Batman. Uh-huh. And I love, I love the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> I think the Lego <laughs> Batman movie is hilarious uh, from the, from the beginning trailers where they put the DC logo up there and he goes, DC, the house that Batman built. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Superman come at me, bro. I am your kryptonite. <laughs> I just, I, oh, I, I just think he's hilarious in that movie, and I love that movie. Um, so, uh, uh, among other things, Will Arnett is in a lot of stuff, but that's what I love him from. But what a un- what a unique sort of concept! Yes, for starting a TV show. So, break it down for us. What what, what did they do on this show? Okay, so this is adapted from a British TV show um, called okay. Murder in Successville. And the concept is, and I, I had to Google it because I watched the first one and I was like, what's wrong with this celebrity celebrity actor? Like something's really weird. So I Googled it and Will Arnett and the other main characters who were constant characters on the show are scripted. And the celebrity guest is completely unscripted. So I think Conan O'Brien was the first. Yes, he was. So they they bring in celebrities as detective trainees, celebrity detective trainees. And Will Arnett, who is Detective Terry Seattle, um, has a very kind of film noir attitude <laughs> towards yes. himself and his job and his partner who was killed and Anyway, so he doesn't seem to care that they are celebrities who want to be detectives. He's just irritated that he has to work with them. And he so decides he's going to try to teach them something and help them along the way. But literally everything that these celebrities do is ad lib. They're going with the flow of whatever script is happening. They don't know what's happening at all. And... It worked with some and it didn't mm-hmm. work for me with others. 
Right. It's like an improv it, thing. So Yeah, because because you can tell Will Arnett at some points he's having to improv too based on their responses. Right. And so sometimes it gets a little awkward with with some different characters. Like Ken Jong, who I love, sometimes he was great. Other times he just burst out laughing in the middle right. of the scene, right? <laughs> um I don't know. You know, there were a couple of times where I just stopped an episode. I was like, no, this isn't working. Well, and you, you have to like that. You you have to like that kind yeah. of comedy because yes. it really is, you know, if you ever watch like whose line is it anyway, uh-huh. I mean, so, sometimes they would hit it out of the park. And then sometimes you're just like, you know, eh. Eh, and that at, was boring. And, and as I was watching it, I mean, there was some scenes where I was really laughing I mean, yes. there, was, there was a scene with uh, Conan where they were interviewing a magician inside of an interview <laughs> room and he was doing card tricks and Will Arnett was like acting like he was a sorcerer or something like that. Like he was totally <laughs> freaking out about the card trick and how he got out of the handcuffs. And, and he was like, oh, my God. And you're like, you know, falling off the chair. And you could tell that Conan was really, you know. He was really trying to hold it together. And I will give it up to uh, Marshawn Lynch because, I mean, for being a football player. He's a football. He's not even an actor. And he had (laughs) one of the funniest scenes where he was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to mother effing do. I'm going to go find this mother effer. And when I find that mother effer, I'm going to find out who what mother effer he killed. (laughs) And I I was just like, that was hilarious. And it was just, and um, I, you know, I, I I did like, I mean, cause they're really, I'm not going to say that they're simple, but they're really kind of, they're not Agatha Christie mysteries. Okay. Right. That right. They, they're get, they're feeding people clues. And then at the end of the episode, there's always a scene where the, the sergeant or the captain runs in and she's like, okay, based on the information celebrity guests that, you know, you know, who's the Who, one, who's the murderer. And it's always like one of three people or something like that. And, and maybe they it, get it right. Maybe they don't. So. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like the, the celebrity detective is having to ad lib their way, you know, through this entire episode. And then they're put on the spot at the very end to pick, to, you know, determine who the killer is and then why they think they're the killer. Right. And th- that was really interesting to me too, to watch. Because it's, it's like very, you're trying to fake, you're trying to play right. along with, and you're also trying to solve a mystery at the same time. It's very. Uh, this is going back to my childhood, but do you know the? Do you ever? Did you ever read the Encyclopedia Brown books? Do you know those books? Mm, I I've heard of that, but I don't think right, I read them. A, it was a, it was a little series of books that my mom introduced me to when I was little, uh, like nine, ten, or something. And it was about, it was all about, and they did actually a series on it way back when in HBO that was sort of a kid series. But what it was is he was a uh, Encyclopedia Brown was the son of a police detective, mm-hmm. and he had and he had like a little kitty detective agency where people would pay him twenty five cents to figure out stuff, <laughs> and and each and each book had like a th- three or four or five page little case. Mm-hmm. You know, where he was solving some crime where somebody stole some somebody's bike or roller skates in the neighborhood or his dad would come home and he would discuss a case with him over dinner. And then there would always be enough clues inside the four or five pages for you to sort of figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And then you, you would flip to the back of the book 
because the, the the ending would always be like, oh, Encyclopedia Brown immediately said, I know exactly who stole the roller skates. And then you would flip <laughs> to the back and it would tell you. And I used to read those. I, I read some of those books to my kids when they were when they were younger. But mm-hmm. it, it, the, the mysteries were kind of like that because there were there was a few of them. Yeah. That were really easy to solve, you know, that, that uh-huh. they, they, like they said something at the beginning of it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be the linchpin. And like the, the one with the triplets where the guy played the same. Yeah. Or, or the, the brothers. I was like, I, okay, mm-hmm. I, that was the one with Marshawn Lynch and he didn't get it right. Oh, sorry. Boy, but <laughs> I was like, dude, you should have got that. I mean, but anyway, um, but there, but there, but there are enough little mysteries. But it's just, but you're right. It, there are episodes that are really cringy and you're just like, I don't uh-huh. know if I want to get to the end of this one. And what, they're only about what, 30, 35 minutes, maybe. I but think so. Not, yeah. yeah they're, they're not too long. Yeah. So they're small chunks. So. Well, okay. So out of all of the episodes, which one, which celebrity detective episode was your favorite? Uh, Conan O'Brien. The really? One with the magician. Yeah, I, I, okay. I thought this was the best, and it might be just because I love that scene so much when they were in the interrogation, <laughs> right? and because I thought Will Arnett's performance in that. But the uh, uh, oh god, the comedian whose name, um, uh, Camille, the, the one, yes, the one at the class reunion. That was my second favorite. Okay, see that one. I I just I kept cringing because there was one scene where he was like walk like you're cool yeah, or yeah. do this or do that. And I finally, I, I was just like, this is too awkward and I, it, they're dragging it out. I can't handle it. Well, I like um, that scene because they kept asking him, what was the name of your girlfriend in high school? And he goes, okay. I'm not telling you the name of my girlfriend in high school. Because <laughs> they, they, like several characters asked him that question and he kept uh-huh. going, I'm not going to tell you who the name of my thing is. So, <laughs> but, I think um, I surprised myself. Uh, my favorite one was Sharon Stone. Oh, well, you know, I they, they all kind of had their moments. So. They all had their moments, yeah. Um, but the, there was a scene where they're <laughs> they're in the morgue, and he's or they they have to perform surgery or something, and he's like, "Oh, this is a doctor," and he gives her a na- a German name, and he's like, "She's you know straight off a flight from Germany." speak in your German accent or like he was always throwing things at them to like speak in this accent or, or you're this person or something. And I don't know. She did. It was, I thought she did a great job. But, but again, I think what we, we had six episodes, I think of that six guests. Uh-huh. It. Yeah. yeah. Makes me wonder if they're going to try to do it again, you know, with the same sort of deal. I didn't know it was adapted from a British show. It, it, is the British show been I, on a while or um that i'm not sure hmm. um that's but a I, can see, I can i can see that I, it yeah. seems very monty python-esque yes you know, some of the stuff that they're doing yes i i can see it almost being better if it were british but then will yeah. arnett was so good i i don't know yeah, yeah. i really like him so wasn't um, jennifer Anderson his dead partner <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. And it cracked me up that like she had no lines. She had no role yeah. except just a picture of Jennifer Aniston in a police uniform. Mm-hmm. And he always kept referring back to his partner who was dead. Anyway, that was funny. So okay. anyway, so she, right. so, so, so Janet, she, she introduced me to this. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you Murderville, Netflix, limited series, maybe six episodes, Will Arnett and a host of celebrity guests. What do you think? Should I watch that? I say yes if your sense of humor leans toward 
the awkward and I don't even know what the other word is to use. It's, it's awkward humor. It's uncomfortable humor, mm-hmm. awkward humor. I get to, to try to explain what Will Arnett does. I, I don't even, I'm not even sure I know what the word for it. There's got to be a yes. word for it though. Um, but if, if you like that kind of, that kind of character, that awkward, uncomfortable kind of character in scenes, right. I, I think you would probably enjoy it. And to me, the beauty of it is if you start feeling like one of these, it's uncomfortable, you don't like it, just go on to the next one and try a different celebrity yeah, and see yeah, if you like that yeah, one. Yeah, so. move on. Move on, you know. Yeah. So, um, but I would probably watch most anything that Will Arnett is in. I, you yeah, know, I, I like him that much. Me but. too. Me too. Okay, Sean. Yes. At, at my urging, uh, Murderville, 2022 Netflix. Should I watch that? You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a yes. But as we as we've told you, we sort of warned you. It's not it it's not a howl laugh factory from stem to stern. Right. You have, uh, you know, if you like Saturday Night Live, if you like improv comedy. If you like some of the, you know, let's see who the celebrity guests are. If there, if there's one of them that you really like, if you really like Sharon Stone, if you really like Conan, if you really like, you know, whoever, um, maybe start with that one. You know, if there's somebody's like, ooh, I kind of like that person, and see and see and see what you think about it. Mm-hmm. The the mystery stories, I I like the fact that that they had sort of simple mystery stories that you could follow along for thirty minutes and sort of try to figure it out yourself. You know, yeah, um, because. I mean, there is there is definitely uh, deliberate dialogue in there that's sort mm-hmm. of meant to give you, oh, maybe this person did it, and maybe that person did it, and it's you know, and it's not Sherlock Holmes level detective work, but still, it was kind of fun to on all the episodes to sort of say, okay, well, she said that, and she said that, and then along the uh-huh. ride, along the way, you do get some cringe, but along the way, you do get some really money funny scenes, and and I yeah. and it's always and it's always fun, I think, sometimes to watch. Uh, characters try to hold it together when you know, and, and, and kudos to them for, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how unique this concept is for a TV show, but it's certainly not anything that, that I remember seeing a lot of where like everybody's no. lines are scripted, but one person's just not in on anything and then they just yeah. kind of have to ride along best they can. So that, that that's another, another plus for me is something different, right? Right. Right. You know, so this is something so. Yeah, this isn't gold star great comedy or anything all the way through, but it interlaced within it is enough funny where I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's 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 enough. It's and it, and their episodes are so short that you're not really given a huge time commitment or anything like that. So yeah, right. it's fun enough to 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 give it a look, but you know, if if you watch 3 out of the 6 or 2 out of the 6, I you know, I'd be fine with you. I, mean, I wouldn't say definitely drop everything and watch this now, but but yeah, they're having fun, yeah, no. and you can tell that they are. And good, good on Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, you, you did way better than I thought a professional athlete would. Right? He really was invested, man. I know he committed. I appreciate that. So yeah. good on him. So that's a that's a light yes on that. So hey, Netflix. Okay. Thanks, Netflix. Two for two. Way Look to at go. you. I'm so gonna, proud. I know. I'm going to give you a gold star on your progress report <laughs> to send home to your parents. Now the next series, the next series, I'm very interested in Janet's opinion. Okay. 
Okay. I was very interested in watching this show Uh because of things that not only Janet had told me, but also my sisters, my sister, um, Karen, she's a very big fan of the source material and also shares an opinion with Janet (laughs) <laughs> about a previous adaptation. Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah, she definitely <laughs> shares an opinion with Janet about a previous adaptation of this character. And so the show we're talking about is on Amazon, Amazon Prime, and it is Reacher. Mm-hmm. And it is based Reacher. on the Jack Reacher series of books, of which I think there is 20 some, maybe. I think I looked it up and it's 24. 24 books um, by Lee Child. And I'm, and later mm-hmm. on, I think his son is co-writing some mm-hmm. of the books with him. Yes. Um, and this was previously adapted into a couple of movies starring mm. everyone's favorite Scientologist, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> International the, movie stars. The the anti six foot four, uh, two hundred and fifty pound actor. <laughs> and and both and, and both and, Janet and my sister. Do not do not want to talk about those movies. And for what reason is that, Janet? You just mentioned it. Okay. For those of us who read, um, <laughs> if you have read anything by Lee Child, if you've read these books, and I've read all of them, and it, it is very clear when every book starts, he reminds you that Reacher is a big mfr he is he's like six four former army military police built like i don't know the largest big linebacker that you can imagine right and when i first saw that they were making a movie all those years ago i did a little squeal because i thought this is going to be awesome because i love all the books and then I saw that our favorite Scientologist <laughs> was going to portray the 6'4", 250-something-pound former military police. And, so, and I thought to myself, Hollywood, self. self, Hollywood, really? Is that where yes. we want to go with this? Because nowhere in the books do they say that Jack Reacher is maybe five, five and a half with lifts in his shoes without a torso and the Scientologist of the Year couch Weighs jumper. Weighs 165 pounds soaking wet. Soaking something. wet. And I just, oh, it was so painful. Did you watch both movies? I've only watched one of them. I watched the I first wa- one. I watched and it, them I was both. so ho hum. I was so hum hum with the first one. I don't think I even visited the second one. Yeah, I mean, there's. I watched them both just because, but it, no. there was nothing in either one of them. Were the movies that, based on one of the books, or some of the books, or an amalgamation of the books? Or I feel like the first one was based on one of the books. The second one. I, I feel like they took some liberties, but it's been a while since I've seen it, and I wasn't motivated enough to go back and rewatch it in preparation for this conversation. Because um, this this one was, they said at the beginning of every episode, this was based on The Killing Floor, which I think was the first book. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I 
That's what I mean, I that's the, the, the credit said that. Well, okay. The credit said it was based on the killing floor. And I, after I watched the series, I'll go ahead and let you know that there's some Lee child books that are on my Kindle paperwhite right now. So yes. waiting, waiting to be read. And so I, I did a little, and I think the killing floor is the first one. So. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And they, it, it, okay. So this guy, Reacher, just in case you're not aware, and you haven't read the books, go read the books. Um, he's done with the army. He's done his time. He's honorably discharged, goes about his life. And he doesn't have a house, doesn't have a car, he doesn't have a cell phone. All he wants to do is just, you know, go around and see things. And he hitchhikes you know, whatever it takes the bus, whatever he does. And if he sees a place that looks interesting, he'll stop and go there. And this is kind of a classic situation where he was having a conversation with his brother, I believe mentioned Mm -hmm. a, a, a blues singer who was from this town in Georgia, decided to get on a bus and go to that town in Georgia. So his life is that simple. He doesn't have a suitcase. He doesn't even have, I guess he has a wallet, but no, no man purse, no nothing, Um, (laughs) you know, and wherever he is, he'll just get a toothbrush and buy some new clothes. Let's talk about that later Uh, (laughs) at the Goodwill or whatever, change clothes, spend the night in a hotel room, get some hot coffee the next morning and off he goes, you know, so his, he's very much not like a homeless person, (laughs) but his, his life is on the road. Okay. And the concept in the books is he's living this life, but wouldn't you know it, he stops in these small towns and kind of gets himself mixed up with things. Shenanigans and shenanigans. And he always seems to come out on top, whatever he does. Uh, but he's our hero. So that's what happens. And Alan Richson was elected somehow to play Jack Reacher. And it took me a couple of episodes to warm up to him, Mm -hmm. but he has my approval. Now, are you okay with the, the physical embodiment and representation of the character? Because so, honestly, some of my recommendation, I was waiting on talking to you because you're more versed in the source material. Mm-hmm. So there are things that I liked about his portrayal of the character. And there's things that maybe I don't like, but maybe I need to shut up if they are accurate to how he is in the books. So, so first off, the question I ask you, are you happy with the physical embodiment of the character is this when you see him, do you say, Oh yeah, that can be Jack Reacher. Hallelujah. Yes, I do. Okay. Cause he, yes. he already as an actor, he already was a pretty big dude. Mm-hmm. And I, I read, he put on like 30 pounds of muscle to like Oof. play this role. And cause he's already, he already played actually two superheroes, believe it or not. Uh- he yeah, played, he was Aquaman in he Smallville. He was Aquaman in Smallville, and a little bit of a reunion with uh, Lana Lang there. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. And because she's also in there. And he also was, uh, I think he's Hawk in the, the, the Teen Titans, 
live oh, really? action HBO Max show. He plays there's a pair of uh, crime fighting duo called Hawk and Dove, and he plays oh. Hawk. And so he's cool. big dude in there too. So, okay. so okay, check check box check. number one that I had to ask Janet, which <laughs> are we happy with the physical body? And I kind of figured that answer yes. would be yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now, the the question I have, and I. And I'm not. I'm. I've yet to say this is a positive or a negative of the of of the show. He seemed kind of wooden mm-hmm. at times, except when he was with a dog, mm-hmm. and he seemed sort of compassionate. Yes. And but throughout the show. He, I guess you saw little tiny minor, minor cracks as he got to know and like the people that he was working with. And, mm-hmm. and cause like halfway through the halfway through the thing, it's like every time he's on, he, ne- he never has a facial expression. He never has, he, he's obviously very smart. He's obviously very badass and can mm-hmm. kick the Holy crap at anybody <laughs> who's with him. I get that. Um, but he's very, 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 very stoic. And I, and, and I'm like, okay, is this because, this isn't a good actor or is this because this is what Jack Reacher is in the books? So in the books, his demeanor and his interactions with people are just, just imagine the opposite of Janet. <laughs> so if somebody asks him a question, I can imagine you kicking somebody's ass. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Hello. Well, okay. for example, um, if you ask me a question, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about it. And like 10 minutes later, I've given you mostly right. a response to it. Um, it. His character is always, there's no need for extra words when yes. you can respond with a yes no. or a no. Yeah, right. You know, there's no need for exposition. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to give information, you'll give it. Otherwise, you don't have anything to say. And it, his character is like that in the books, too. Okay. So it, it, that was very much like, well, why am I going to waste my breath or my energy talking to you? Because it's not worth my time. So you said it you took know? you a couple of episodes to warm up. Why did it take a couple yeah, of episodes? I, um, I, I, maybe it was that delivery. Like, I knew it from the books. But seeing it on screen, yeah, it came across as a little dry at first. But then, you know, by a couple of episodes in, I'm like, well, that's the character. That's what yeah. he is. Maybe you're he's a little not defensive. Considered... <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe lo- I don't know. You love the ma- well, you know, you love the material so much. You know, right. you're 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 kind of right. you're kind of watching it with a squinky eye, going, okay, now mm-hmm. are you going to screw What's this it- TV show up like you did the movies? Yes, yeah, like so. what? Yeah, yeah, and I, I would have liked I would have liked a little bit more. They, I, I thought the character introduction was fantastic. Whenever he was outside, mm-hmm. the uh, two things that I thought as, as character introduction was fantastic was uh, the the kind of speech that he did to the detective, where he like said, "Oh, obviously, you know, you're a smoker because of this and this and this, and you're you're a, you know you're divorced and this and 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 he like." rattled down all this stuff. It's like, how the hell do you know all that? But he's so mm-hmm. observant and he's such a good investigator. And the other scene that I thought was hilarious was he was like, 
I'll come with you. Can we please get the, can I please get the zip tie off, please? And they were like, trust me. And he was like, okay, go get the box cutter. And he just stood up and went clink and clink. <laughs> just moved his hands apart. He's like, okay, just snapped him apart. Like he was, you know, had a rubber band around his wrist or something like that, which I, I thought know. that was, I thought that was well, and, and I love that. Cause the whole time you're like, it, all he had to do was like, take a deep breath and turn around and he could have like debilitated everybody <laughs> within like a, 10 foot radius you know he could have well, taken everybody out if he wanted to but there was no need to right you know well there's and another question i have without doing any sort of spoiler so i'm gonna try to stay away from these um i i did like the flashbacks towards his younger days on military bases because mm-hmm. he was raised up on military bases and sort of how he grew up with his brother and the respect he had for his brother and what his brothers did for each other and such mm-hmm. um does it does that continue do they have references to his earlier life in other books or is that was that something unique to this book i feel like i feel like that was unique to the story that's that's something um, i think i'd like to see a little bit more but i don't know yeah i i i, I don't feel like like i i think it, if i recall in the books they bring back some of his military buddies or compatriots or something, you know, kind of like they did in this one for different things, but they don't necessarily delve into his past that much more. It's, it's typically current. Does he always hook up with the local lady? It happens, you know, (laughs) from time to time. Well, he's a, he's a pretty good looking dude. So anyway, as somebody who's not familiar with the material, I'll let you know, I, I, I thought this, I thought the show had a few slow spots, mm-hmm. but uh, I was invested all the way through. I, I mm-hmm. thought the action was when it, when it happened, I thought the action was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, one thing I'll take note of is the action in it seemed to match the character that where they were portraying, because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of action scenes that you have in, in, in shows sometimes that I think are overly elaborate yeah. in, in showing all the Kung Fu and stuff like this. But in the way that he spoke, the Jack Reacher character spoke to people and the way that he operated himself, like you said, it was like, they, yes, is a full sentence. No, is a I know, sentence, right? you know, and he's very There's efficient the- and the action scenes reflected that. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, when it was time to throw down, you, you didn't have like a six minute overly elaborate sort of military Kung Fu scene where it was yeah, like, exactly. yeah, okay, let's make sure that we all fight like gentlemen or we all, you know, when the Kung Fu guy is surrounded by 10 people and, you know, one person approaches at a time, you know, it's like, if you right, don't jump exactly. the, so whenever he did, whenever he did fight people, it was like, okay, that was, that was brutally efficient in what you were doing to, to and he wasn't, but, but at the same respect, there were times where he wasn't superhuman. I mean, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, he's not like Mr. Miyagi in the karate kid. Movies where <laughs> nobody ever touches him. You know? Right. So, uh, right. I, I, I enjoyed the action scenes. Uh, I really liked, I can't remember the character's name. I really liked the lady a lot more than I liked the detective. The, oh, the, the Roscoe. Two people that he was, yeah, I really liked the deputy. Her. Yeah. Yes, a lot more than I did the other detective. The other detective, he felt like somebody out of the 50s. But well, maybe that's was, the character that was in the book. Uh, that I don't remember because I haven't read yeah. the book in a while. Um, 
he he did come across as just like, oh my god, let it go already. You know, he was a little irritating to me sometimes. Um, but Roscoe, the female deputy, mm-hmm. my I some of my favorite scenes were the ones, and of course she's a tiny, skinny little thing, and there were times when Reacher was fighting with some or getting having words with someone and she just kind of stepped in between him and she was like don't i don't don't hear you say that again i want you to go get in the car and i'll be there in a minute like she just you know had this attitude and this kind of power about her where she could shut it all down when she needed to and take charge and i really there was yeah and there was another scene where she really got pissed off when she felt like he was protecting her yeah. She's like, look, I don't care if you're <laughs> six four and five hundred pounds. I don't need you to da 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 da. I know. But um, uh, but it, I, it, I were you happy? Are you are you ready for season two? Do you, you with the uh, same yeah, character? I would, I would totally watch season two, and it, if it does well, which I'm pretty sure it did on Amazon. I didn't yeah. look at any specs or anything, but um, I mean, it's wide open for multiple seasons because you just pick a book right and go for it um the uh one thing i did really appreciate is when the medical examiner showed up (laughs) and of course people die so the medical examiner is always popping up (laughs) and he had some really funny little scenes but he's played by i'm gonna mispronounce his name harvey gillen um but he's guillermo from what we do in the shadows i looked him up Oh my God. Love this guy. Anyway, but he, he was a nice little bit of comic relief here and there. I thought. Yeah, he was. And, and I, and I did, I'll give the actor Alan Richter his, his, his credit in that um, he, from episode one until episode, whatever the last one was 10 or eight or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he did transition just enough to where I, like I believed at the beginning that, he really didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. Um, but then once he worked with these people throughout the episode, I generally felt like he acted like, okay, I've made a couple of friends here, mm-hmm. but yet he still wasn't all, you know, he wasn't bro hugging anybody when he left, right. but you know, he was just, but he, but he respected, you know, the work that they did. And, and, and so he softened it up. He softened his delivery enough Mm-hmm. by the end of the episode to where he was sort of yucking it up with the, with the police detective about his music yeah. choice and whenever they were sitting and stuff like that, and he was making jokes and, and, uh, and say, well, God, what did he, he, he parroted back to cursing is a sign of a weak mind or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, uh, and so there was, there was enough jokes in there. So it, uh, it, like it started off slow for me, but it really got better throughout the thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought it was just great. Okay, so let's talk about. um, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's talk about what. Go ahead. You go. Let's talk about a couple things. Okay. All right. So I mentioned before how Mr. Reacher does not carry a suitcase or anything, right? Right. Oh, yeah. The clothes. Yes. So they randomly walk into a Goodwill. Right. This this man is very large, very Very tall, like custom made clothing large. Right. And what he does is glance through some clothes, grab a couple of things off the rack, put them on in the dressing room and pay on the way out. And I'm like, time out, time out here, people. And Um, let me tell you, those clothes look good on that man. (laughs) As a confidently heterosexual man, I can tell you. (laughs) 
that those clothes look really good. And as a and as a larger man who has who has looked at a Goodwill from time or t- time or two, it's hard to find larger clothes at a Goodwill yeah. and a thrift shop. So that does strain believability a bit. But is that from yes. the books? Is that from the books? Yes, that's okay. kind of how he does it in the books. You know, he'll walk in some kind of hunting store or something like that and like grab a shirt and put it on and throw away the other one and walk out the door you know so i don't know it, it just when you see him and you see it happening and you've right. actually walked into a store to try to find a pair of jeans as a man or a woman not always that simple mm-hmm. anyway so i i that bothered me a little bit um yep. and the fact that if he is roaming the world like that does he get a membership at every gym and just work out like a madman in between his trips yeah. to maintain yeah. that physique? No, unrealistic. Yeah, but. and they even and they they are there is there is there's a line in there from the detective or something. It's just like how do you look like that? Because he, he eats like a he's like a 16 year old teenager. Yeah, you know it's it's not like he eats you know make sure he gets his carrot sticks and his broccoli in. I mean he's like chugging down chicken sandwiches and French fries and whatever. So he's like, yeah, bags of chips. And, yeah, but, but maybe yeah. if he's a nomad and he walks the earth, maybe that's how he keeps the weight <laughs> off. Is he? You know, he has yeah. he does have sort of a Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk, seventies TV show vibe. You know, to him, yeah, roaming roaming the earth kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. But, did you, uh, uh, but do you think it was a uh, c- compare it? Maybe it's not fair to say this, but compare it to Jack Ryan on Amazon. Oh, um, as good. It's different, but mm-hmm. yes. I mean, he's, he's no John Krasinski. I'll just yeah. say that. Well, Krasinski got more charisma. So uh, yeah, he does. Um, but it, Seeing as how the the stories are, the concepts are a little different. I think it's as mm-hmm. good. I think yeah. it will be just as successful. Honestly, yeah, I, I would rank uh, the first season of Jack Ryan number one. I would rank this number two, and then I'd rank the second season uh-huh. after it. So I think it's, it's it's in the middle of how much I enjoyed it, and then I'll put since it's supposed to be in the same universe. What without remorse with. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. We reviewed that. Mm-hmm. I put that as oh, sort yeah, of a, dis, a distant number four, but uh, it was still a enjoyable. distant four. Like you can see it, but you have to squint. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely looking forward to season two. I, I don't see why there would not be a season two. So Tom I can Cruise guarantee is, is already dead to you. <laughs> Tom Cruise is dead to me. Um, and I'm almost positive that the, at the very end of the last episode, when he's walking into the diner to meet the detective mm-hmm. that Lee child is walking out. Oh, wow. But I, I need to Google that because I was almost sure that it was, but then I had a moment where I thought is Lee child still alive. I'm not sure. Is peach so. pie a recurring theme in the book? <laughs> um, the whole pie and coffee and local diner and keep bringing me black coffee kind of concept is very. Okay. Yeah, very much. All right. So, Janet, so, yes. let's let's give a verdict. Amazon Prime, Reacher, season one, based on the Lee Child books. What do you think? Should I watch that? You should totally watch this. You, you need to get out there, get on the Amazon. You need to watch the series. You need to enjoy it for what it is. 
and you need to pick up a book, be an adult, read something, and start with the first book in the series. <laughs> and yeah, you totally should watch it. I think it's got some action. It's got a good story. It has a little bit of humor. Um, it has some ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, some violent cringeworthy ass kicking if you want to call it that and i think it fits the bill even if you haven't read the books i think you'll like it there you go yeah there you go all right sean Mm -hmm. non tom cruise reacher 2022 amazon i should i watch that it's a definite yes for me and it's even it's even a higher yes for me now that I have discussed and had my question answered by a <laughs> content um a, a, a character um expert like my illustrious podca- podcast host here. I, 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 I it was a yes for me, but I really wanted to break down some of it with Janet because I didn't want to give criticism towards some of the I didn't want to give it deductions on points based on stuff that was accurate to the source material. Cause I don't think that would be fair. Right. Um, so if, so if, if you're happy with the way that they portrayed the character, then those slightly negatives that I have have now become positives because they are, it, it, it it's because it's, they're accurate. It's, it made me want to pick up the books. It made me interested mm-hmm. in the character. I shall be reading those books now. <laughs> Um, I, I probably was before because uh, my sister has been recommending them for a long time. Um, yes. Good, good action. Um, really good detective elements to it. You got a little heart mm-hmm. with a with a little side story with a dog. With a dog, yes. And, and all I wanted, I wanted him to beat the crap out of the guy <laughs> and break his legs and take the dog. Like there was no other option. Right. And right. you well, knew get, he was going to do there. it. We get there. We yeah. get there. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, not, not soon enough, but yes. Good side characters, good side characters all around. Stronger performances, I think, by um, the lady than, than the fella. I can't mm-hmm. remember their names at the moment. But uh, anyway, he was. Uh, uh, I, I'm anxious to see more. So mm-hmm. what, what more can you say? Uh, it, it, it's a it's a it's a good ride. It's a good ride. So, yes. And I Googled uh, while we were doing this, and it, Lee Child does have a cameo at the very last uh, episode. He's the guy walking out of the diner and says, oh, excuse me, when Reacher's walking in. So Good. Yeah, That's there nice. you go. Like it really so, so yeses, two yeses. Two so yeses. Are we three things in and we have three yeses? I'm a little shocked, I'm a little but that in itself is a yes. And we have two more to go. Could we, we possibly have, have the first Perfecto podcast ever? I don't know. I don't know. I'll one. play your silly game. Could we? But we're off the TV shows now. Okay. We have, we're switching to movies. It's and movie time. It's movie time. And the first one that we're reviewing is a little bit old. It's not It's not really new, new now. So maybe th- this might be a little bit spoilerific but uh, maybe not too much um, <laughs> spoilerific <laughs> i like that because i think this came out last year did it not yes yeah, it's, it's end of last year and it's uh, ghostbusters afterlife that's what we're yes. talking about now uh we've talked before about movies that you you saw at a certain age and how they because you saw them at a certain age how they resonate with you more than other ones mm-hmm. but one of the movies for me is back to the future 
1985. I saw it. I was 15. Perfect movie for a little 15 year old to watch. Um, <laughs> and it holds a very high place in my heart for that reason. I probably give it way too many points than some other people do. Uh, but Ghostbusters came out in 84 and for the same reason, you know, 14 year old seeing that movie, uh-huh. sci-fi, ghosts, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. I mean, I, I, I cannot tell you how many times, how many times did you see Matrix? Six in the theater? I, I probably, you, yes. You paid, I, I, I know I saw Ghostbusters at least five times in the theater and yeah. paid for it. Um, yeah, I, I love that movie. I, it doesn't, I, I see its age now with Ghostbusters. Right. I still think it's a comedy classic. I still think it's hilarious, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, so this is sort of, uh, more of a spiritual sequel to that. I, I guess it ignores the, uh, the Melissa McCarthy one, I think. Yes. Which I think is smart. It, it's. It, and like it's it more never of a happened. sequel to the first one than it mm-hmm. is the second one per se. Um, but it but it takes it out of New York and it puts it in sort of a rural town in the middle of the Midwest. It has Paul Rudd in it. Mm-hmm. It has um, what's his name from Stranger Things? Uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Mm-hmm. McKenna Grace as Phoebe um, and Carrie Coon as Callie. And what you're doing here is you're sort of uh, you're, this is the, there, this is the, the main characters in the movie are the family that is connected to Harold Ramis's character mm-hmm. um, is in the original Ghostbusters. And it's got Paul Rudd in it as a science teacher. And I have thoughts. I, what did you think of, what did you think of the setup? Were you excited to see it? Do you, is Ghostbusters a movie that you're like, Oh wow, I love that movie. Or is it just kind of one of those? Eh? It was fine. Um, when when did you see Ghostbusters? Because I remember us talking about in the the blockbuster thing about how there was certain movies you couldn't see. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. So if it so it came out in eighty four. Eighty four. And I was fourteen. I can guarantee you, I did not see it in theaters. Um, I probably didn't even rent it. I don't even know. I would I would probably put myself in my late teens or. Okay. You've seen it, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it once, which was enough. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, I know. I know. Um, So when when (laughs) it breaks, Janet, it breaks. Um, So I I wasn't, I I don't want to say I was excited to see this one, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't not excited. And I thought, oh, well, you know, here, it's something fun to watch. Because, you know, I figured it how bad could it be um and i thought honestly i felt like the setup was really good mm-hmm. you know they it it still had a lot of energy um paul rudd i mean like i he does no wrong yeah um i loved him um i really really like carrie coon I love this woman. I don't know if, if, did you ever see, there's a show on HBO way back called The Leftovers. Never saw it. Um, Justin Thoreau, uh, Carrie Coon, several big names. But the concept of the show uh, was one day people kind of woke up and just random people on the, on earth were gone. 
So you wake up one morning and your wife is gone. You don't know where she is. You don't know what happened. She's just gone. And it, it just like that all over the world. Was it and a so all the people centered show? No, uh-uh. it was just oh, one of those where like, what the hell, where did everybody go? And um, hence the people who were still there, not knowing where anybody uh, else went were left, left over. over. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so she was, she was great in that. She was in one of the seasons of Fargo. She was in one season of the center uh, Bill Pullman. She's just fantastic. So whatever she does, check it out. Um, and I think the stranger things kid Mm-hmm. It brought that same kind of Stranger Things energy to it, you know. It, was he is he a fantastic actor? Yeah, he's fine, but you know, he, I think he and um, this McKenna Grace, who plays his mm-hmm. sister, had they had a good had their own good storyline, kind of. Yeah, and they had good chemistry with whatever they were doing. Um, I I enjoyed that part of it. McKenna Grace to me was the the highlight of the movie. Well, did I, you know I, she was in she's in The Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, I cannot for the life of me. Think, I'm going to have to research that more because where? Well, I recognize her from the uh, the uh, Chris Evans movie where she played a she was a child genius. It's like a child mathematical genius, and she was oh, the, the, I never the, watched that one. She was the it, niece of him. Oh, it looked too heartwarming, so I never watched it. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, I thought Finn Wolfhard took a real back seat to her. I think she yeah. was. I I thought she was just charming in mm-hmm. in the in the er, in, er, in, as being the granddaughter of Egon, and mm-hmm. um, and she really sort of channeled um, a lot of what Harold Ramis' character was in yeah. the first in the first Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing, not knowing Carrie Coon like you do, uh, I I thought the kids of the movie held it together. Oh, totally. There, there, there was another another guy in the movie that was a character named Podcast. Who, <laughs> he was who, amazing. <laughs> who was who was really really funny and um, but they were you know very very strong uh, characters in the movie and held it together. Now, you only saw the first one. You said once, and then you were kind of like meh. Yeah. Okay. If you have seen Ghostbusters multiple times, mm-hmm. as I have, this movie is littered with fan service. Oh yeah, it is all over the place in props uh-huh. that they use, in signs that they use, in Bible verses that they have on signs outside that farm. I mean, mm-hmm. it is all over the place. Now, what I cannot. What, what I can't comes to grip with is I, I don't know if I like, I, I don't know if that made the movie better or uh-huh. if I just, if it just put a grin on my face as to say, Oh look, there's that. Oh look, yeah. there's that. Oh look, there's that. Oh look, there's that. Because when you boil it down, I, I had a, I had fun watching this movie. I had fun watching the movie. But when I mm-hmm. thought about it afterwards, there might be a little bit too much fan service and not enough story uh, because it felt like they were telling mm-hmm. the same story over again, but with kids. Yeah. Um, because it there is a direct reference. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters, I mean, don't come, I mean, the Ghostbusters, 
yeah, they fight it. They have a service where they get rid of ghosts. But in the end, the reason all, the reason all these ghosts are coming about is because there's this awful spiritual entity named Gozer who's trying to break forth into our realm to destroy it or whatever. And that plot is revisited in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I would have liked the movie a lot more if they could have come up with maybe 25% different spin on the story. Because yeah. when it was over, I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. All oh, that was sweet because they really mm-hmm. did some heartwarming things because Harold Ramis is dead. He died several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really did some sweet things in the movie at the end. But it, but once it was finished, I was like, mm. I, yeah, it was. They did the same thing that they did at the end of the first Ghostbusters movie. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like you, you need to be a little bit more creative, I, I, I think. Um, so the kids were great. I wish the story was more. Okay. Go ahead. Here, here's my question for you. Is this opening up Ghostbusters to a new generation to interest them in watching the first one? So now there's going to be Afterlife and then there's going to be Ghostbusters revived because of the two kids. I would say maybe if they would have done a slightly more deviation in the story. Yeah. To me, all it, all it, all it seems like is a, is it, the script is, is meant to say, Oh, Harold Ramis, we love you. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't it nice to revisit these characters that you loved back from the eighties? Because Ghostbusters was great. Ghostbusters two was not, was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like it was, too much of a nostalgia trip and not yeah. enough of a story. They, they needed to have some newer stuff in it. If you do want to continue this on, you mm-hmm. know, to be, you know, okay, now we got the teenage ghostbusters or, or you know, or whatever it is they want to do. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not enough for me to crap on the movie or anything. I, I, I'm not because the whole time I was watching, I was like, Oh man, this is, but I went into it. We talked before about you about you possibly looking at Reacher in the first two episodes with the squeaky mm-hmm. eye, like all yeah. right, <laughs> like, <you know>. ah. <laughs> and so the first twenty minutes of the movie, first thirty minutes of the movie, I'm looking at it with a squeaky eye, and I'm like, all right, are you gonna are you gonna be true to the, are you gonna give respect to the material and mm-hmm. and and the acting with the kids and with Paul Rudd was charming enough to where. I forgave a lot of stuff that they did it just because I like the way that they all interacted with each other. Yeah. I like, I like the town. I like the idea of what they were doing, but I don't know. I'm saying, I'm saying way more negative things than I actually feel about the movie. But, but, but what I want to basically what I'm getting at is this movie is basically a nostalgia ride Yeah, for people that love the 84 movie. I think because, I mean, it's been how many years since a Ghostbusters movie? I think they are setting it up for a few more and, and to include yeah. the kids and give the kids, especially the, uh, McKenna Grace's character, to give her an opportunity to like keep working with the Ghostbusting equipment that they had yeah. and improving on it and tweaking it. So like the next movie, it's going to be similar but better you know, right. And stuff like that. So she's going to step into their shoes. 
that's that's where I see it going, which is and fine. Think, and, yeah, and I and I think this movie does a better job of potentially doing that um, than the uh, the the Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy movie. Oh, although that, yeah. that although you know, to be fair, that movie got crapped on so hard. You know, I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a heck of a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot better. It did not deserve, you know, sort of the, the hate that it got for whatever reason. It was, it was a fine movie and, and give it up to uh, uh, Chris Helmsworth, who was in the movie, who showed some really good comedy chops in that movie um, that I didn't know he had. So, uh, so that movie wasn't the train wreck that everybody said it was, honestly. I mean, it wasn't, it's not Citizen Kane or the Godfather. I get it. (laughs) It's no matrix. Right. Exactly. Um, But this, this sets it up, you know, this sets it up better than, than, than that movie did. So one of my favorite parts in this, in afterlife was when the marshmallows turned into teeny tiny marshmallow people. So it wasn't like one huge marshmallow man destroying anything. Right. It was like thousands of little right. marshmallows and they were like roasting each other and stabbing each other and pushing each other off shelves. Uh, that was, Oh my Which God. Was more, again, that's just more that fan service. Yeah. Know, loved it. And uh, you know, and, and if you like JK Simmons, he's in this movie for about 90 seconds. And uh-huh. he's And he's great. <laughs> He is also another one who's great in anything he does. I, know, I think I know he is awesome. Did you yes. see Whiplash that he was in? I was just going to ask you that. That yeah. was a brilliant movie. If you've not yeah. seen it, and he was amazing. Wow! Yeah, he won an Academy Award for that, and boy, he deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved it. So he deserved it. Anyway, I I feel like I've crapped on this movie more than I should have. I don't know. Um. But I mean, that's kind of all I got to say about it. I mean, it's fun. Uh, great performances by the kids. I mean, great performances by everybody, really, for what the for what the story is. And 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 I like the fact that the setting wasn't in New York City. It was kind of mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle. Of yeah, the, that no, made it. Fun. I, that was fun. I thought. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm ready to wrap it up. So Janet, I'm gonna ask you, Ghostbusters okay. Afterlife, with the kids and with the boat ghost busting, and with the. Uh, you know, the proton packs or whatever and crossing the streams <laughs> and traps and podcasts and all that stuff. Should I watch that? Yeah, I think you should. I think if you've never seen the other Ghostbusters, you could still watch it and kind of enjoy it. You may not understand everything, mm-hmm. um, but I think it almost works as a standalone. Um, if you're a fan of the Ghostbusters, I think of the original one, I think you would like it for the most part. Um, kind of like you, you know, you have a couple moments, but overall, and it was fun and it was entertaining and it was pretty fast moving. You know, there were some really fun action kind of scenes and the characters are quirky and the marshmallow men are so darn cute. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would say yes, I think you should. All right. Okay, Sean. Lover of the Ghostbusters original, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Afterlife, still in theaters, I do believe. Um, should I watch that? That's that's a pretty strong yes for me. Um, but going back to what I said, if you're a lover of the Ghostbusters, don't look for 
story originality. Mm-hmm. The story hits the the script hits most of the same story beats that the first movie hits. Um, it just does it with different characters. Um, the kids are great in it. Hats off to McKenna Grace playing Phoebe. Uh, I, she's mm-hmm. fantastic in it. Um, it's a it is a nostalgic trip. Keep your eyes out if you if you're somebody like me that's seen the original Ghostbusters probably twenty times at this point. Keep your eyes out to all the little things that you see, you know, from the movies. Uh, for your own personal information, there is a bonus scene or two in the mm-hmm. credits that is that are really just meant to oh look who that look who that look who look who's there, you know, meant to give you a giggle. I think right, maybe. just yeah, just to give you a little a callback to another movie. It's it, most of its value lay in nostalgic factor, mm-hmm. uh, but it's done well enough to where. I just, I had a good time the whole time I was watching it. I, I, I wish they just would have done a little bit more creativity in terms of the resolution of the story or the character, the, the evil that they're fighting. Um, there's a really sweet scene at the end um, that pays tribute to Harold Ramis. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and it's, 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 it's well done. It could have been better. Um, but as a lover of the original Ghostbusters, I think this is just a Jim Dandy movie. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> fine, it's, it's Jim Dandy. It's a fine follow up. I didn't, I was not, it is way better than Ghostbusters too. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Way better than Ghostbusters too. So yeah. All oh right. man, that's four for four. And now I'm We're really, four, worried. Yes. I'm really well, worried about the last one now. Yes. Okay. So All what right. are we doing so the last, last one? Janet? Last one is a much more recent film um, oh, yes. in theaters. I think it's also on Peacock. Peacock, TV that's where I watched it. Something. I watched yeah. it on Peacock. And we have J-Lo and her awesomeness. Owen Wilson, who looks like Ellen DeGeneres these days. <laughs> in, in Marry Me. So, side note: I need to ask Janet about Owen Wilson's hair in this movie. <laughs> I thought about it when I was watching it. Okay, his hair—he has the same hairstyle he's always had. It's like seems a little bit more moppish in this one. It was it was moppish. Um, I I I overlooked his hair just because I was so distracted. And okay, clearly. Do, am I Miss America aging as I am? No, but honey, I mean, he, he looked, he, I, I felt his age and not in a good way. Um, strikingly in this movie, but did he deliver in his typical Owen Wilson way? Yes. I, I mean, he's just Owen Wilson being himself. Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the the concept is that J Lo is a pop singer or a perform a singer performer, and she is what in this relationship. <laughs> and she's in a relationship with another singer performer named Bastian, um, who I'd never heard of or seen before. Apparently, his name is Maluma. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a very big in the Latin uh, community. Anyway, so they have this new hit song called Marry Me, and they're actually going to get married on stage at her concert. And so, of course, Owen Wilson, by chance, with Sarah Silverman, who I loved in this movie, uh, he ends up at the concert with his daughter, blah, blah, blah. 
J-Lo. Uh, I'm giving too much away. Anyway, they end up getting married. They're not giving away anything that's not in the trailer, honey. Okay. So. All right. So J-Lo, <laughs> J-Lo and Owen Wilson get married. Now, let's, let's, let's start with the word predictable, followed by the word predictable, mm-hmm. followed by the word cute. Yeah wrapped up with the word predictable <laughs> i mean so it's it's definitely your predictable romantic comedy is this really happening oh my god maybe it is conflict conflict <gasps> resolution um so you know right. by the numbers is a term that came to my head yes so a, going into a, there's it there's a lot of box checking <laughs> yes it, exactly so, you know, go into it knowing what it's going to be, which is what I did. I mean, I, I went into it thinking, you know, I, I think I like J-Lo's acting, honestly. I, I've, I've enjoyed most everything I've seen her in. Um, so Shout I, out I, to J-Lo, by the way. Shout out to J-Lo. It is criminal that she did not get nominated for an Academy Award for her role in was it Hustler or Hustlers where she played a stripper, a group yes. of strippers. That was a fantastic movie. She was she wonderful did a, in it. She was wonderful. She should have got nominated. Anyway. Yeah. Up on that she, soapbox. Why don't you? Anyway. <laughs> so, and she does a great job in this too. I mean, you know, I like her in everything she does. Um, there was a lot of singing. She had a lot of songs. I, I don't know if they're original, if they're, off one of her albums or something. Cause I don't listen to her music. Um, but Available like every a soundtrack, I'm sure. Yeah. So every time they cut to a song, it was her perform her singing, yes. even if she wasn't physically performing in the movie. Um, that I, I was pleased uh, to see Samuel Tarly from game of Thrones. Um, he made me happy. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah, Sarah Silverman made me very happy. Um, and JLo, she's a freaking hottie, man. She got it going on mm. and she looked gorgeous. And I don't know. It was fun. I, yeah. I laughed a few times. It was cute. Yeah. There was fun to be had. It's, uh, it's, uh, if you watch the trailer of the movie, you will know the plot of the movie. Mm hmm. It is, uh, it's very by the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's checks a lot of boxes. Um, but you know, I heard another movie reviewer say something, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago that, you know, it's okay if a movie ch- checks boxes and takes you on the predictable path, you know, if you know, if you have a good time along the ride and, th- and there are movies that check the boxes and go on the predictable path that suck. And there's movies that check the boxes and go on the predictable path that you enjoy. So the question is, mm-hmm. I mean, every romantic comedy, okay. They meet, they get to know each other, probably a couple of montages. Mm-hmm. They, fall, <laughs> they, they fall in love or, you know, or they fall in heavy like, uh, huh, uh, huh. They knock boots, something happens, they break up or this isn't going to work out right. And then someone realizes, comes to some realization about the other one. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we get our, I'm watching Jane the Virgin now at the recommendation of both my wife and Janet. 
uh-huh. we get our HEA, which I've learned in that, which is our happily <laughs> ever after. And, yes. And so I don't think I'm giving any grand spoilers by saying the movie follows that path. Now the uh-huh. question is, do you, what matters in terms of whether or not you enjoy the movie? As you said, Owen Wilson is doing Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is, mm-hmm. gosh, I just, I saw somebody on the stage that was hurting and I really felt like I needed to go <laughs> up there and, 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 and help her out. She really felt like she was hurting, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, it's Owen Wilson, but it, his hair was crazy. I totally agree with you on looking his age. Yeah. Now the question now th- this is a bit of an on-screen reunion if you will. This is not the first movie that Owen Wilson and J-Lo have been in together. <gasps> movie movie trivia question Janet, do you know the oh. other movie that Owen oh. Wilson and Jennifer Lopez was in? Oh. It took place on a boat on the Amazon. A boat on the Amazon. You're going to have to tell me. I have no idea. The cinematic masterpiece Anaconda. <laughs> so they've been on screen before. That's a painful flashback. <laughs> yes, I know. But I think it, I think that movie did spawn a couple of direct video, like oh, uh, I'm sure, and stuff too. But anyway, so is there any on screen on screen chemistry between the two? Uh, didn't feel it. No, did absolutely not, not. Feel it at all. So, uh, so that's a negative. Uh, this actually is based on a graphic novel, believe it or not. Um, this whole subplot of a pop star meeting of a, a sort of a pseudo fan kind of a thing. Um, narratively speaking, some of the problems I had with the story was, and it, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't under, I, I'm not, okay. I'm not going to spoil anything than anything that wasn't in the trailer. Okay. So okay. she's supposed to marry this dude. All right. And yeah, uh-huh. and it's, and it's, it's part of this big sort of, they love each other. Yes. But it's also sort of part of a publicity stunt at a concert. Uh-huh. And it come to find out through TMZ like stuff that the, the guy's been unfaithful and she's sit, standing up there and sort of has this moment where she's like, well, I need to do something different in my life. And I say, you're never going to change unless you uh-huh. do something different or something. And that's the onus that leads to, cause he's holding a sign that says, marry me. Cause it's the name of the song. And then she says, yes. And da, 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 da. and the whirlwind starts from there. Um, they don't, did they say anything about her checkered past of having, making lots of bad decisions with bad, with men or something and being heartbroken several times. I, I feel like there was some kind of reference to the fact montage or something it, it, about how, yeah, Oh, it like she's, she's, okay. Yeah, that she's I, I missed it. had her, her I relationships. It because that part didn't seem earned to me. I didn't understand. It's like, well, what bad decisions have you made, dear? Right. That require you to impulsively marry somebody that you have never A stranger met. in the audience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it bounced it, it back and forth enough. to me. It bounced yeah. back and forth to me from being inauthentic because there's a lot of social media stuff. There's a lot of, uh-huh. oh, we're going to, we're going to make hay while the sun shines for a couple of months, months by let's get on Instagram with this class uh-huh. and let's, let's, we're going to go shopping and we're going to make sure that it's all posted on social media and, uh-huh. and which makes it seem sort of a publicity sign and inauthentic. But then you, then you juxtapose that with all the the heartfelt moments of 
Oh, we're walking by ourselves on this, on the, on the, and there wasn't enough of the getting to know each other part of the story for me to even seem to make it believable. Cause you know, one of the things that they're trying to make, uh, you know, the, you know, cause as we took, this is a, a common formula in romantic comedy. So what are you going to do different? So th- they, this has sort of a Notting Hill spin to it in that, mm-hmm. you know, you've got yeah. instead of, you know, the movie star, you've got the music star who's mm-hmm. with the common dude. And, uh, and so that's the, cause we've all seen the rich man with the, uh, you know, with the beautiful girl that nobody really sees kind of thing a thousand times in romantic mm-hmm. comedies. I mean, it's on Hallmark channel at 1600 times a year. So. <laughs> right. So they're trying to spin it, you know, a little bit that way, but I, don't, I, I, there was no chemistry on the screen and there wasn't enough of those quiet moments of them together. Right. To make me believe a, that she'd sleep with them, which obviously mm-hmm. she does, mm-hmm. you know, or there wasn't enough of, of her out of control celebrity life that made me believe that she would fall in love with the life of a common man, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Uh, and plus they had s- just dumb stuff. Like she was a, she was a uh, representative of Vitamix mixers yet. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I don't know to put the lid on the blender. You know, whenever I, yeah. I make, it's like, really, you don't know to put the lid on a freaking blender. Yeah, they did make her seem like so disconnected from the real world and some of that stuff. But I never got that feeling from her that she was that disconnected from the real world and the way she portrayed herself. Right. Right. I mean, she seemed like she was very savvy about her image. Yes. And about her music and stuff like that. And somebody that's that savvy Mm -hmm. is not going to be sort of on the same idiot level as uh, who was it in the Ryan Reynolds movie? Just friends. Uh, oh, that oh, um, star. oh, uh, uh, no. Yeah. She says, Darla. Um, oh my God. What's her name? Ah. She, was, she was married to Chris Pratt. Yes. Her name? Anyway, uh, her. Yeah. I know. I know who you're talking about though. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Thank you. She's not as yeah. airheady as Anna Ferris was. So, it, it like just I, seemed I, I, to, microwave the aluminum foil on the plate. <laughs> yeah, Ashton, just, Ashton, where are you? It 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 bounced too too much between those sort of things, and it felt like it felt like everybody's like saying, "Okay, it's a romantic comedy. Okay, what we got to have? Okay, we got to have the scene where they're walking on the street talking to each other, and they kind of realize mm-hmm. that oh wow, one of them is the, each of them is deeper than the other one thought. Okay, yeah, uh, got to have the <laughs> montage where they're behind and they're doing goofy things together. Okay, we got to have the scene where the girls wearing the guy's shirt. That's yeah, in a romantic comedy. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was a stitched together movie. Now, the the music part of it I enjoyed, except. For mm-hmm. the first song that she sang, where people were in the nun and the priest outfit, that yeah, was incredible. I was like, "God, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> but the other songs, the other songs in it were fine. I was like, "Okay, that's mm-hmm. decent music, and you know, that can make for a, a fairly good album." So that was a that was an okay part of it. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know, I, I don't know. I mean, whenever it was done, I was kind of like, "Okay, whatever." Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there, the, the positive stuff that I would say about it is just box checking of a romantic comedy, you know? So I got to think 
the closest comparison I have is Notting Hill. So yeah. I love Notting Hill. I thought Notting Hill mm-hmm. was a really good romantic comedy, but a lot of it had to do with the ancillary characters that were in it, like Spike, mm-hmm. his roommate, you know, and his friends and that really good scene in Notting Hill where they're at dinner together and she has to make, they're, they're talking about who gets the last brownie. Yes. Yes. And it's whoever has the saddest story. And she's like, uh-huh. well, I want, she's like, I, well, don't I get a chance? And they're looking at her like, you're an international movie star who's a multimillionaire. What do you mean? And she goes, well, I think I at least deserve a shot at it. You know, <laughs> right. and, and she, you know, and she gives a really impassioned thing about the the perils of being a celebrity. And then of course the, it turns into something funny because they all go, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> right. So there, there's not enough of that in the script for it to elevate itself out of a, just a ho-hum romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. But it, but at the end of it, I was like, okay, well, I mean, I wasn't like, God, that sucked. So I don't know. It was very uh, vanilla. Well, the other part of it too is they worked the dog into situations to make it when it was convenient. Right. Right. So at one point he's taking the dog to the groomers or something, but then other times he's doing things. You don't know where the dog is. Who's taking care of the dog? Who's taking the dog for a walk? Who's feeding right. the dog? You know, and I, that kind of bothered me too because the dog the dog deserved more. Um, but I, it, to me, it, it's it's just one of those that you you know what it's going to be going into it, and you just it's, it's a little escape, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, you know, nobody's going to win an award for it. Um, but when you get on the train to Romcomville, you know what's going to happen. And sometimes there's a little bit of beauty in the predictability. Yeah. And you're not guessing and you're not wondering and whatever, you know, you're just relaxed and it's just something light and fluffy to accompany the popcorn. You is know? it good? Is it good enough to be a noise movie? Like if you're cleaning the house, <laughs> you know, there's some movies that fall um, in that category. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think okay. it's a, I don't find it as a noise movie necessarily. Yeah. But you know, for what it was in the moment. Yeah. You know, you're not looking forward to marry me part two where they have. A no, or something no, like no, that. not a yeah. bit, <laughs> not a bit, but you know. All right. Well, I'm kind of afraid to ask you this now based on what we've said about the first four things, mm-hmm. but you know, I know we got to be, be true to it. Now we got to okay. be true to it. So Janet, yes. Brand new movie, romantic comedy, marry me. Sorry. Ellen generous. Look alike. <laughs> oh, so sorry, Ellen. And the very talented JLo, very lovely JLo. Should mm-hmm. I watch that? Yeah, I think you should. I think you should go just go into it knowing it's going to be fluffy and relax and you know buckle in on your seat on the train to Romcomville and you know just chill out and enjoy it. So we've talked about let's see uh, uh, clickbait, Murderville, Reacher, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, and this. So one through five. Mm. on strong yeses where does it sit on the, oh on reachers reachers at the top reachers at the top i get it okay okay reacher um probably ghostbusters okay murderville eh, 
marry me and clickbait. Okay. That's where we are. So it's the solid three and the ones that we've done. Yeah. Okay. All right, Sean, the beautiful JLo and her butt, the Owen Wilson hashtag Ellen DeGeneres, um, the dog who didn't get enough attention and marry yes. me. Should I watch that? Um, they don't really show JLo's butt all that much. <laughs> not that I noticed or didn't. Well, of notice. course not. Right. Why would you even look? It is a by the numbers romantic comedy. I mean, it is, it has every scene that's on every checkbox of every romantic comedy. It has the meet mm-hmm. cute. It has the, it strains believability. There's not really a whole lot of romantic chemistry that I saw, but maybe, maybe it's the music. Maybe there's just enough of it. Owen Wilson, even though he's showing, he he's a likable guy. He has a really yeah. likable screen presence. It's it's hard to, it's hard just to not enjoy him in any movie that he's in, even though he does the same schlock every time. But I mean, sort of Ryan Reynolds does that too. I mean, I mean well, you know, yeah. And I mean, but if they do it and they do it well, you know, maybe I'm feeling just generous because of all the yeses <laughs> we've had, but. I'm going to give it a real light. Yes. For me, yeah. Murderville is in last place of our, of all our five yeses. And this is after that, this is number four mm-hmm. and uh, Reacher's number one and uh, Ghostbusters is number two and clickbait for me would be number three yeah. uh, followed by this. Um, watch it. You'll smile. It's sort of cotton candy, but not the flavor of cotton candy you really wanted from the fair. It's the one that Mm -hmm. they had left over when they were closing and it was still good enough for you to enjoy it. Right. And you're now your tongue's all stained blue, but you're happy. But but, you know, you're glad that you ate it and, Mm -hmm. but don't expect anything out of it. Then, you know, the by the number stuff that you've seen in a hundred other, a hundred other, other hundred romantic comedies, but still, it was good enough. Music's good, yeah. except for that first scene. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ridiculous plot, but it's it's, <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's hard to put a finger on because everything I'm saying about it should be like, why are you recommending this movie? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. A, a movie is 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 uh, it's not one individual performance. It's an amalgamation of all the components that go into it, and if enough of it blends together enough. That's fine. Sarah Silverman has a really funny line about the dog not being able to not being able to poop while people watch it. And she goes, unlike me, I can only poop when people watch it. And she's, which gets rid of paparazzi, which I thought was, a, and I'm generally not a, not a huge Sarah Silverman fan. Now, one of the, you know, I just thought about something that I should have thought about. Okay. You know, probably one of the things that gave it a little bit more points is because if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, I have a soft spot or I have a pet peeve, if you will, about the way fathers are portrayed Uh in movies and television and Owen Wilson, even though he's being Owen Wilson, he's a dedicated teacher. He's a math teacher. I like math and he's a really dedicated father and Uh he does a really good job of being a father. So I bet you that probably is what pushed it over for me. Yeah. The fact that it, that it wasn't negatively portrayed. Although, I, I got 
a little there there was a press conference that they did where some things were said <laughs> that I did not like about and I maybe I don't want to get into this but it, there there was a there was a thing in there where JLo was like, you know, why do we take their name? And well, they need to earn, maybe they need to earn us or something like that. And there's just a certain way that I feel about relationships in terms of a 50, 50 give and take sort of narrative mm-hmm. that that line did not, that line did not sit well with me, but maybe I just need to shut up and just deal with it. I don't <laughs> know. It, it, it didn't sit well with me, but I understand why it was there. So yeah. anyway, but that's probably why he was portrayed in a positive light as a father. And I don't think that's done enough in movies and TV shows. So that's probably what well, we should ever see. Yeah. And I really like the fact that his math club, their name mm-hmm. was the Pythons, the Pythons. And that's P-I as right. in, yeah. Anyway, that made me laugh. And they, did, and they didn't, and, and I'm not going to, then there's not really spoilers, but they really didn't go the predictable path uh, at the end of it. There was something right. that they chose to do with the narrative of the story about the, what the math team was involved in at the end that mm-hmm. I thought for sure was going to go one way and it didn't. It went the other way. Yeah. And, which, and it was another opportunity for, for Owen Wilson to sort of, you know, show himself as being a compassionate father, a good teacher, mm-hmm. a good coach. So, so, I mean, I guess maybe that's a little bit different in terms of yeah. the, the, the check of the box thing, but yeah, pure fluff. I mean, it's not bad. Sure. Watch it. If you want to, if you like romantic comedies, when Harry met Sally is way better. Oh yes. Uh, you know, about time is way better. Although Janet called me a dirty name whenever. Oh, but it, it's better. You're oh. right. It is better. Despite, <laughs> despite. Yes. So <laughs> this is a podcast that has five. All yeses. All I, yeses. some of them heavy, some of them light, but, but still, yes, that's, is all about I'm them. surprised. Yeah, we're usually so pissed off and mad and jaded. <laughs> usually, we want to say no to something. Come on, I know. but we didn't. Uh, if there was a reason that I would say no to clickbait, it would be because of her hair. But I'm trying to be the bigger person here, and less shallow and more. I don't know. Yeah, whatever I, I, I would say the rando ending, possibly yeah. slightly rando ending to that one. But yeah. Still, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, folks, well, that's it. That's a five for five. Back wow. The this time. So you got a lot. Of, everybody's five. got a lot of stuff to watch. You got a lot of Get stuff busy. to watch. Get busy. Get on top of it. Watch Reacher first. Busy. That's yes. unanimous number one from both of us. And hello, we in what, a couple of weeks? If that, uh, the Batman is going to be out. With the Robert Edward. Pattinson. Yes, Edward. I'm looking forward to that. Actually, yeah. There's a lot. I'm there's a lot of stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff hitting in the next uh, several months. So yes, we'll be back at you soon. With Buckle up, stuff. folks. Buckle up. So anyway, well, folks, okay. thanks again for listening. Uh, don't forget our email address. Should I watch that two one at gmail dot com? We're on the Facebooks. We're on the Twitters, and we're on all the places where you can. Find this podcast, Spotify and Google Play and Apple iTunes and everywhere else. So thanks for listening. Contact we appreciate us, it. email us. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys later. Janet, we'll talk to you later. Peace out, my friend. All right. Thanks, folks. Thanks. See ya. Bye.